Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. I'm Brielle Jekyll, Associate Editor, and with Earth Day coming up, we are continuing our Sustainability Month, uh, and we're, we're moving it forward with a general discussion on renewable energy in the supply chain with Dr. Thomas Hillig, who's the founder of TH Energy. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining with me today. I am here with Thomas Hillig, who is the founder and managing director of TH Energy. Hi, Thomas. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. You pronounced it perfectly, Brielle. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. So I'm I'm very excited to get into this today because we are, are in our sustainability month on the Link podcast and I really wanted to dive into renewable energy specifically and I wanted to ask you how how do you think renewable energy is being used throughout the supply chain Oh, that's a very broad topic. So um, if you're a manufacturer, for example, uh, you typically buy products from other companies. If you want to uh, go zero emission, that means that not only your emissions have to be reduced, uh, your carbon emissions have to be reduced to zero, but also um, all the emissions that your suppliers uh, basically uh, emit. Um, and uh, so basically all the... Um, energy that um, your that your suppliers used um, is very relevant we call it in our world scope three emissions so scope one emissions are the emissions that you emit directly uh, your power plant at your factory basically uh, scope two would be that your utility emits uh, and scope three are all the emissions uh, that are from your um, suppliers so it's fully relevant but then of course there are also topics links, linked to it like logistics um, that transportation how is um, uh, the material transported to your factory, um, switching to e-mobility. So it's a very broad uh, area that you're addressing here, Brielle. So how, you know, as you were saying with your with your partners, that's that's a huge part of it. I always wonder how you're able to ensure that your partners are, you know, fitting, al aligning with your uh, renewable energy goals. If you have partners um, that have an exclusive uh, product, um, that might be a little bit uh, more difficult. But if not, you specify it um, in the contracts and basically you only work uh, with partners who commit. And then, of course, it's also part of your job um, to ensure that they stick to the rules. There are certain uh, certification bodies um, uh, that could help. Um, I would like to give an example, for example, um, a car manufacturer. Um, they today even go to mines to check the raw material uh, if it is uh, mined in a sustainable way. Okay, it's a process that starts slowly. Um, but for them, definitely it's not enough uh, just to uh, have the word from the mining company. They do on-site inspections. And here we do not only talk about uh, renewables and emissions. 
This would be also about labor uh, at the mine. Um, here, renewables is only one part. And um, it is an easy part to check. If you go to a mine, you see um, whether there is a renewable energy plant on site. Uh, and you can um, check easily the contracts, uh, where do they um, buy their electricity from if they don't have on-site renewable energy uh, generation. A little bit more tricky is to make sure that the raw material comes from exactly this particular mine. Oh, okay. So a lot of on-site auditing. Exactly. And not only with your partners or with your direct customers, but all through the supply chain. Mm-hmm. Now, how much does renewable energy really make a difference towards environmental goals in the supply chain? Like how much of it is really reliant on renewable energy? Oh, environmental goals. Um, you have ver various environmental goals and it depends very much in which sector you are active. If you're, for example, a uh, headhunting company, uh, not manufacturing, probably you don't consume uh, very much electricity. It might be much more business travel um, mm -hmm. that um, uh, is the main part of your uh, environmental, uh, or creates your, your biggest environmental footprint. If you are a manufacturing company, um, that is, of course, uh, completely different. Um, if it is an energy, and let's specify that, if it is an electricity-intensive in manufacturing company, um, it could be up to 30%. But then, um, if some of your products are, are poisonous, um, how do you... Uh, give percentages to this. It's also di very difficult to evaluate. So, um, so this percentage calculation, um, uh, yeah, is uh, not an easy one. Let's mm -hmm. put it this way. Are we seeing a lot of widespread adoption? I know you said the supply chain is broad, but are we seeing a lot of widespread uh, adoption in the supply chain for renewable energy, or is there still a lot of of companies unwilling to make the switch? Um, again, it depends. Um, the closer you are to the end customer, the easier it is to communicate. But then, and the companies that are close to the end customer, um, they first uh, normally take care of their own emissions. So of scope one and scope two emissions. After they've done their homework, or sometimes also in parallel, after they've started doing their homework, they put pressure on their suppliers. Um, Certain industries uh, like, um, for example, uh, car manufacturing. Um, there is this big trend uh, towards electric vehicles. And if you want to sell electric vehicles, um, it is very difficult to do it uh, without emphasizing the sustainability uh, argument. So car manufacturers, especially for the electric, electric vehicles, uh, they are very keen to have an all um, a very green supply chain. In other sectors, it is slower. Typically, what we see in every se sector, you have some pioneers. And uh, the pioneers love to talk about their green efforts. And uh, this is how they increase the pressure on their competitors. 
Are there any ways that we can tap renewable energy that's lesser known, you know, some kind of not secret, but, you know, ways that we can really tap into this that aren't being, you know, quite mainstream? Yeah, it depends on the kind of renewable energy we are talking about. And so, for example, if you buy electricity, um, first of all, um, not all renewable electricity is really the same. Um, if you buy um, renewable electricity from um, existing power plants that are written off, the environmental impact will be probably lower. So we um, call this um, additionality, so that you buy renewable electricity from new power plants that are specifically built uh, for serving um, certain customers. Uh, so that they, that your purchase contract really makes a difference. Um, then, of course, um, it's a little bit uh, tricky. Um, many companies say that they are 100% renewable, but actually um, their consumption does not really fit uh, to the renewable energy generation. The easiest example would be solar power. So during the middle of the day, typically, we have a peak in solar power. Um, companies that don't have this peak and that use a lot of electricity during nighttime might have, if we talk about the absolute amount of um, electricity um, that they consume, um, they might consume that amount, um, but it's not synchronized to, um, um, to their consumption patterns. Um, so adding energy storage capabilities or um, using the electricity markets um, to synchronize um, supply and demand would actually be helpful. And then we see in some um, industries uh, that they love to um, incorporate renewable um, technology that is innovative. Uh, so for example, tidal power, wave power, um, something that is uh, new, not standard, but typically also a little bit more expensive. But actually, it can be used then uh, for sustainability communication of that uh, company. Um, so there are various aspects um, um, and uh, not every type of renewable energy um, is equal. Mm -hmm. What did you mean by communication uh, sustainability? Uh, communicating uh, their sustainability efforts. Oh, okay. So, um, for example, Budweiser, um, this is um, the uh, most known example. In the US, uh, they communicated uh, their um, wind energy um, efforts uh, during the Super Bowl. So the commercial was basically based on that Budweiser is going green and um, that Budweiser was incorporating uh, wind energy into their, into their operations. So it's a nice topic also for communicating towards customers and other stakeholders. And sometimes it's also uh, good to uh, communicate towards the capital market. So the capital market could be one of the stakeholders. So for example, if we talk about the mining industry, uh, they were very slow in um, switching uh, to renewables. Right now, there are numerous, numerous projects um, 
on-site projects in Africa, in Australia, also in Latin America. And um, for getting money from the capital markets, um, switching to renewables um, is really a key factor for various reasons. First factor would be there is a good business case. Basically, renewables are cheaper, especially if we talk uh, about these remote um, operations uh, that are powered by diesel engines. Mm -hmm. But then there are also some indirect effects. So the capital markets, um, they would like to see um, that the risk from, from carbon taxes, uh, from um, um, emission schemes are mitigated. And they also evaluate um, the management differently if the management is um, quick as a first mover in incorporating renewables. I'm, I'm thinking back to when you mentioned Budweiser, and I, I keep wondering this because we know a lot of, of marketing efforts are now focused around sustainability. Are we seeing that these companies are really, truly taking a stance on renewable energy or are is a lot of it just marketing based? Uh, it's uh, not an easy question. I think in the very beginning, um, you could do a little greenwashing or some greenwashing with little efforts uh, that has changed. Uh, so um, uh, you really have to go uh, to the bottom and you have to do substantial efforts. If not, your marketing campaign would not be very uh, well received and probably you would uh, create some uh, shitstorm in the social media. Mm -hmm. So. The same question five years ago, I would say we had a pretty big share of just greenwashing, but today um, in most of the industries, uh, you have to have plants um, and there are also certification uh, bodies uh, basically that control um, that what you do is actually more than just a little bit of greenwashing. So, um, if a company, for example, a mining company comes out with the first project right now, probably they would not talk too much about it because then automatically the question is raised, what happens at your other mines? So you talk about this one particular mine, what are your plans for the other 10 mines that you, that you are running? Oh, okay. Five years ago, when it was something really special, um, to incorporate renewables, um, mm -hmm. they did uh, really um, quite some efforts in talking about um, the first pilot projects. So what do you think the future holds for renewable energy in the supply chain? I think the, what I mentioned, the um, scope three emissions will become more and um, uh, more important. And I think that uh, relying on renewables will be a little bit like um, ISO certification. Uh, here in Europe, um, even for consulting companies, you have to be uh, sometimes ISO cert certified. If not, you cannot do business with uh, big companies. You cannot sell your services. Oh, wow. Um, and I think we will come to an age, either you, um, you have um, um, the supply chain uh, switch to renewables, or you won't be able to sell your products. 
I I love that. I really I hope that that's you know definitely a future that we can move towards. Yeah, but I really see the uh, that we are uh, on the way, and um, that at least big parts of the market um, um, will require uh, renewable energy um, and not only greenwashing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on with me today and, and discussing all this stuff about renewable energy. I find it so fascinating. Uh, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you very much, Brielle. It was my pleasure. Well, thank you everyone for listening to today's episode and tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Check back next week for more about sustainability in the supply chain. You can always follow me on Twitter at Brielle for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, and Google Playlist apps so you never miss an episode.